You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my conversation with Frank Burton. So if you haven't tuned in before, make sure you go back and listen to part one last week or wait a day or so and you can go over to youtube.com slash genuine chit chat and watch the full part one and part two with video. But if you want to proceed, that is 100% okay. So what have we got in this part? Well, we continue our conversation on Frank's book, Brollywood, including some of the reasoning why he included caricatures of certain celebrities in there or just completely different characters with the celebrities names attached that sort of idea and then we also go on a tangent about his footnotes section of the audio version of Brollywood, as well as celebrities starting podcasts becoming famous his future projects those sorts of things but if you enjoyed part one you're almost definitely going to enjoy part two and also in the description as always is all of frank's information as well as his previous appearances on genuine chit chat which are episodes 34 56 86 and 140 44. If you haven't listened to all of those, go and check those out, as well as my two appearances on the I Like The Sound podcast, the most recent one being on episode one of season two. A link is in the description. But that's enough from me, my friends. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and I'll be back right at the very end to give you some more information on what's to come on Genuine Chit Chat for the rest of the year and other stuff that I'm up to. So thank you so much, my friends, and I present to you part two of my conversation with Frank Burton. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I've just kind of created these fictionalized versions of them. And uh, my version of Benedict is slightly kind of this slightly sort of ridiculous man who, who kind of, uh, you know, he, he gets things muddled up and he's a little bit sort of... Uh, it's kind of uh, th- th- there's a little bit of this sort of stereotypical posh boy sort of about him, and he's a bit of a buffoon, uh, you know. But I've, I've I'm, I'm pretty sure that the real Ben Cumberbatch. I don't I've never met the guy, you know. <laughs> I, I know that we were joking earlier, but obviously I've, I've never met the man myself. I don't, I don't really know anything about him either, so I've got no idea what he's like in real life. And um, th- I've just created this character who's quite. I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of that of Bendit Cumberbatch as a person. I've just created a character who's got the same name as him. And for me, it's just it, it's just a fictional character. And for, you know, like, like I say, I've done no research into this. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the real man is like. And it, but it doesn't matter what the real man is like because this is a fictional character. It, it's not it's not the real person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just sort of having fun with these with these characters and sort of creating my own versions of them. And it's not uh, like I say, it's not done in in any kind of malicious way. You know, I've got this one character who I refer to as famous man who cannot be named for legal reasons, which um, and he he's this really horrible uh, character. You know, he's a he's a real real arsehole, and. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like that, but I, I haven't said who he is, you know, so, you know, that's fine. I've, I've just, uh, all, all the sort of horrible hor- Hollywood stereotypes are embodied in this one character who's is a cannibal as well. So, um, and uh, that that's why I can't say what his name is. Uh, famous man who cannot be named for legal reasons. Uh, he, he's a good one. He was a fun character to write. And actually, the, the funny thing is that, you know, I've created this this, this character who uh, you know? I haven't said what his name is and all this sort of thing. Obviously, it's a, obviously it's not a real person. I'm I'm not sort of referring to anyone. Uh, it's not based on any real person. And shortly after I created this character, 
there was that guy who was a Hollywood actor who was accused of being a cannibal. Army Hammer, yeah. I was, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I was I was joking, guys. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. I, I literally thought it was the most ludicrous thing I could think of. I thought, let, let's go really off the deep end here, and let let's just as as <laughs> just make the guy a cannibal. That, that, that I just think of like the, the most horrible thing I can think of, and that's what he is. And um, yeah, it's a couple of months later that it came out that yeah, <laughs> it did. It is is that's hilarious that you can't. <laughs> it's like you 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 write the most insane thing possible, thinking this will never happen. No one will think this, and then it literally happens months later. That's it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And, and now people are going to read this book and think, oh, is it him? Is he talking about? <laughs> well, they need to listen to the audiobook or the audio version because your voice does not match what Army Hammer sounds like. No, no, you're this doing is an it, English. Is it's an English character. So yeah, yeah and it is it, pointed out that all all the uh, all the uh, the Hollywood actors who are part of the Brollywood community are, are kind of. Uh, British actors, as it's uh, based in Lincolnshire. Yeah, and I've, I've, I think it's amazing as well with um, when you're using these celebrities because there's certain funny things that you make certain ones do, which isn't mocking them as a person. But it's like Benedict Cumberbatch. One of the things I found the funniest was just the fact that people are like, oh my god, your friend's Benedict Cumberbatch in the book, and you're like, yep, yeah, he's just a mate. Like I haven't even seen his movies, and they're like, you haven't seen you know, name this film, you haven't seen him as BBC Sherlock. He's like, what? No, and he like makes reference to it, and he's like, yeah, I used to, I played this great detective on TV, and and you're like, what? What are you talking about, Benedict? What? what? <laughs> I've only you know I've only seen you in this one was it the radio drama you did or yeah was it was it? in the it was a radio sitcom years ago before it was famous it's exactly it's, it's a good show it's called Cabin Pressure yeah and it's uh, I, I put that in because because most people don't know what it is yeah, I I've think never people, heard of it. people who are familiar with it will, will it's it's just one of those things that one of those little references that people who know it will go oh Cabin Pressure <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you're like that's the only thing yeah. I've seen you in and it's like there's you mentioned about there's a point. Um, where he uses props like he's got a box of props from Marvel and you're like I got it and, and the Frank Burton's like I, I don't even know what film he's doing and it's like we, you as the author obviously know everyone knows what Benedict Cumberbatch is but it's very funny having this character who's so far removed from uh, sort of the social zeitgeist just of what's going on in the world right now obviously he's basically driving around in a van listening to music and doing his podcast and that's he's somewhat content with that life and so she has my mate Benedict. He comes on, he's a bit of a no- he's like he's a bit of an annoyance actually. He's kind of a bothersome. <laughs> like it's just someone being like, Yeah, Benedict's alright, but he's just a normal guy. But he's just and it's funny because apart from people like Leonardo DiCaprio or Johnny Depp, who are so unfathomably beyond comprehension famous, like I would if I was in their positions, I'd find it so hard to know who I trust apart from people I knew before getting famous, because you're just like Everyone you talk to knows you're among the richest people on the entire planet. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch, he's obviously going to be very wealthy, but he's not the level of DiCaprio or anything, maybe yet. Maybe in years to come, he will be. But people like that, they all, in theory, have friends who just know them as as Benedict, as this, as that. And is I, I don't... I know that there's certain movies and certain series that come out that do occasionally play on that, where the where certain comedians or whatever play versions of themselves. And there's a film, This Is The End, which was, um, it was a lot better the first time I watched it, and then watching it again recently, it wasn't <laughs> as funny as I remember it. Um, but it's, you know, Seth Rogen and, um, you know, a lot of uh, those people. It's Thingy, uh, James Franco as well, and, and Craig Robinson and people like that. And... You've, you've got all these people playing like cartoon versions of themselves and it's funny and it, it works in the context of that movie but that's the way you do it is just more subtle it's just like 
you could almost have quite a funny anthology um like series or something you'd have to be on some ridiculously expensive network you know amazon or something where it's almost like extras like ricky gervais's extras where you kind of have you've got who this famous person is but then you see behind the scenes they're nothing like you would think they'd be in a sense uh and i feel like it's it's kind of like that but with a friend perspective it's not mocking them it's just bendix probably has a mate who just sees him as benedict and that's just really funny because i would love to know if they're getting little jabs in there like if i had a friend who became super famous i'd be like i've never seen anything you've been in i've never listened to your music <laughs> i've never done that yeah yeah no it's it's um it's 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 a good comparison that but i, I think it's um it, what i'm doing here is kind of different to what like the actors who are in extras are on mm. like the actors who go on like yeah, your curb your enthusiasm and stuff yes. and like send themselves up and what what's happening in in those shows is that the actors have agreed to do it and <laughs> <laughs> whereas what, what i'm doing is is i haven't consulted with any of these people at all <laughs> just, i'm just saying yeah this is what this person is like and uh, that's that. That's my take on the whole thing. And if they don't like it, then the, <laughs> more publicity. I, I, well, it's yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I, I do quite like the idea that that someone is going to present these people with this book and say, "Do you know? Have you seen what this guy's done?" <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe well, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really mind. Uh, <laughs> That's not why you did it. Obviously, it's it's no. just one of those fun little a uh, lot of elements of being able to have these these famous uh, or the celebrities in there and being able to do these things. But I did yeah. also find it funny when you said, you know, um, the man who cannot be named for legal reasons. Listening to you do the audiobook of that, you must have jumbled up that so many times because there's the one main scene with him in, and you had to say it so many times. Oh, <laughs> I had yeah, it almost yeah. in my head. And I was he like, "How is he?" Name, you yeah. must have messed it up, or or just it's almost like muscle memory at this point, where you're just like, <laughs> "And so, man, can't be named for legal reasons." Hits me with this, and then man, can't be named for legal reasons. Does this, and it's it's like you have to keep referring to him because in certain parts that they're in, there's lots of people, so you can't just be like him and her. You have to keep naming him, which makes it even funnier that you have to keep saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, it's the it's the repetition of it, the repetition of it. I've, I've you know, I, I kind of said it a, a few a few more times than I needed to, just because I enjoyed the fact that I had to keep on saying this guy's name. And uh, there are because I'm not the sort of writer who who kind of come. I don't give characters silly names, uh, and like I don't kind of. Oh, I've, Noddy is a bit of a silly name, but that that's that that's a nickname, you know. <laughs> And uh, but uh, most of the characters just got normal names. So when I've got a character with a silly name, I kind of like play around with that a bit. And uh, that's what I did with the uh, with the famous man uh, who kind of been named. And um, oh, uh, another thing that I did was that um, d- just to kind of give you like a little insight into how these Hollywood actors relate to each other, I gave them. They've all got their own nicknames for each other. Like Benedict's nickname is Nigel and stuff like that. And um, I. I I quite like that element of it because it is sort of, um, I, I think that's what they would do if, if they were in that situation. And I imagine that, that's, that they do have their own names for each other that nobody really knows about their own little private and their own little private jokes and uh, stuff like that, stuff that you don't really see or hear about. And it's just, it's just like any other workplace, you know, in any kind of workplace you have, you have these bits of banter and these kind of, you know, kind of nicknames for each other and stuff like that. So I kind of, I thought it'd be a nice way of humanizing those characters in a way, just to give them the, these sort of little bits of, um, 
in jokes amongst themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I really enjoy about your books is it, it combines, as I said sort of earlier on, it combines the urban myth elements. You use that as a jumping off point or use it as a major plot point, depending on the novel. So you use that, which I really like. So it gives a bit of, you know, an air of mystery, uh, of intrigue, of something that's a little bit different. Because I think a lot of people with stories, most of the time, you want one, I think most of the time popular stories kind of fall into three categories. It's either realism, so it's like detective stories or dramas or things like that, uh, up to where fiction works. You then get fantasy, but you've got the two kinds of fantasy. You get the fantasy, which is fantasy within our world, like things like Harry Potter or Narnia. You know, you're a normal person, you can get access to this crazy world that's going on that you don't know about. Or then you get sort of wild fantasy, which is Star Wars or Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, where it's like there's no entering this universe for us normal people there this this all fantasy universe exists or you can kind of enter it or it's real and with yours i've i really like that everything that happens in all of your books could happen it, it it's then it's not like a giant logical leap it's not like you know suddenly bendit come back that comes down and shoots lasers out of his eyes and that's how he got away it's it's grounded normal things so you get the human level but you've got just enough cool ideas and weirdness for even the characters in your own books are going like, this is, I know how weird this sounds. This is a bit far-fetched. But obviously it, the characters in the books are saying, it did happen like this. I know no one's going to believe me. It makes no sense. And that's one of the other things I found about this book. You started doing a little bit more self-referencing of the kind of thing of, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a book about this. And people are like, well, no one would believe you anyway. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. Is I thought that was really clever, the meshing of the two worlds almost. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, I it's, it's a difficult trick to pull off this, I think, because, um, the, like I said, the, the one rule that I have is that everything has, has to be, uh, it, I can't have anything impossible happen. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be improbable, but not impossible. <laughs> so, and, uh, that, there has to, there has to be enough kind of proper reality. So I've, I've, I try and get as much sort of like uh, real stuff about sort of day-to-day -day life and people's friendships and relationships and all that sort of thing uh, it, it, going alongside. So it's not just crazy ideas. It's also kind of, uh, you know, real life stuff going on at the same time. So, yeah, it's um, but I mean, I, I, admittedly, in this book, I've kind of gone kind of crazier than usual. Uh, <laughs> it's but still that, not that's quite okay. that bad. It's, it's good crazy. <laughs> it's leaning like yeah, this. Yeah. I, I never know which one's my favourite book of, of these because obviously when I read or listened to The 100 and then compared that to Everything I Am, they were two such vastly different books. It was kind of hard to compare them. And now I've had more ragbag. Like I, like the Everything I Am, I think, had the, the mystery around it that was the thing that drew me the most to that uh, book. But I found that, as you said earlier, this book was the funniest one. So I found myself like audibly laughing and then like, get my notepad, write that it down, uh, just so I could remember some of these sort of funnier moments and things. And then I think the the second book, which his name has completely escaped me, getting away with it. Getting away with it. That was it. I should. I the only things I or not only things. The main things I remember about the book are the endings and the spoilers. And it's like I can't say that bit. I can't say that bit to remind him because anyone who's listening who may not have checked it out. Um, but yeah, getting away with it was really cool because it was. I think that it was the new character that's introduced, and it was the kind of relationship between Frank and this new character. And how he kind of develops with her. And I think one thing you do that's smart when you introduce these characters to Frank is that Frank is the through line. But as you say, each story focuses on one of the characters in his life that I think um, you haven't explicitly said this. But I assume is the the subtext is who, these five 
or four characters that are going to be in these books are the ones that have made kind of the biggest impact on Frank's life, or at least have done. There's been an event or something that has seriously changed kind of things about Frank. So I found with this one, it does have those elements, and you do get more backstory to Frank and more kind of what made him him. But I think that the humorous side of this and the connection to obviously COVID and the Equus real world, it felt like this was happening. I was like, in my mind, when I was listening to this, I was like, I could visualize this just happening. Just obviously where you up up north uh, more so. And just being like, I think, I may have said this on every podcast with you, so I, I'm sorry. But this, I think this is my favorite book of yours so far. I think oh, that it's, it's so tight and it's very punchy in the right ways. And it feels like you're really, not that you went with the other ones, but you really do feel like you're having fun with this one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a good laugh, really. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's even things like with the, the audiobook, one of the little things that I don't know if you did intentionally, um, but I think you probably did it retroactively. Is when when you're talking to Noddy, and Noddy says he can kind of take the essence of people, and then there's that moment where it's like Noddy's voice is exactly the same as mine, and it's like Noddy's like, yeah, I've been doing that this whole time. I've known you, and it's like. Or was it that real life Frank, when he was doing the audiobook, was like, I should probably address this? Like, was that, am I overthinking <laughs> that element? Or is that, because I just found that really funny. Um, no, no. Um, you, the, both of the answers are correct. I thought it would be, um, I thought it would be, I, you are right that I have, when I, when I do the Noddy character, and in, in the first book, when the Noddy character is, is talking, he just talks in Frank Burton's voice. Because uh, I, I didn't want to do a, a, like a funny voice for each character because that that is just too um, that too challenging for me, and also it'd be probably annoying for the listener <laughs> from, for me doing all these voices. <laughs> so Noddy was just uh, the same voice as me, like s- some of the characters are, but but he was. And uh, then I came up with this idea that Noddy was imitating Frank's voice because uh, the, the the point is that Noddy doesn't have a natural speaking voice; he's always in character. So when when he is sharing a prison cell with Frank, he's just talking in Frank's voice because he doesn't have uh, it. Because we get into the whole backstory about how Noddy was kind of uh, brought up and he was brought up in this sort of very secluded environment, and he just started imitating all these uh, voices that he heard on the radio, and then uh, eventually he just sort of yeah forgot how what his real voice sounded like because he was constantly in character. So. You know, he he just didn't know how else to communicate. So that that's kind of an, an interesting element to it. But yeah, he, it's, it is kind of an in joke that, that, that in the audio book I use my voice for him, and then yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I just you picked that. up on that nicely. Yeah, it was just one of those little things when you said, it, "I was like, oh, that was that was good." But it's also <clears throat> like I feel like we could talk about almost. We, you could almost do a deep dive on this, um, which you basically did um, with your. Your footnote section, which I found very funny, because about halfway through you just gave up. But you didn't. You did give up in a way. It was like audience won't get any contact. You you just said you're like, yeah, I'm about halfway through these. I'm recording these in my free time. I've obviously spent you know hours recording the actual audio book. That's all done. I obviously spent time writing the book and stuff. So I'm doing these footnote sections. You're like, you know, last week I said I'm going to do cliche of the week. So I don't. I can't really be bothered. So I'm just going to talk about something I'm like that's interesting to me. And then you spoke about comments about service stations uh along the motorway and things and people leaving reviews for for, for like a mcdonald's off like off the m the m274 or something and it was just things like that and 
it was quite funny because I, I started writing notes like, oh, footnote section, we're doing cliche of the week, we're doing this. And then at one point you were just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore, I can't be asked. And I was like, that for me is even funnier and more entertaining <laughs> than you, because you were just like, yeah, I'm just going to read reviews. And like, you were like, I found out like, who, who leaves reviews for service stations? For, uh, I don't know if Americans, if they call them the same things, but just driving on a motorway and every you know 50 or 100 miles or whatever probably less than that there's you know fuel and normally attached to those they're started off as like oh have a little cafe oh and then let's put mcdonald's there oh and let's put a wh smith and then eventually they become these quite big things where it's like a mini shopping mall that's actually not really a shopping mall you think anyone want to visit because it's ridiculous over it's ridiculously expensive and you can only get there by traveling in the motorway and there's nothing around it but then the fact that people are reviewing them and you read some of them out and it's something like a great place to take the kids out. And you're like, who's <laughs> going to like fleet services for the day with their kids? So I just, I want to ask about the footnote section because I made a note of it and it, it clearly shows the difference between the two Franks. But I also found that when obviously I've been listening to uh, the audiobooks and things, obviously listen to Ragbag as well, but, and I like the sound, but like, listening to you by yourself with the footnote section you just sound like you're having so much fun with it and i felt like that key uh that key characteristic was the main difference i think between you and ragbag frank because ragbag frank it always the only time he's really truly happy it seems is when he's listening to the right music or doing podcasty stuff which obviously is very much true for the both of us but then he is he's a bit of a pessimist He, he doesn't really want to do a lot of stuff he's just kind of gets swept up in something and he doesn't really necessarily say no so he just kind of gets caught up in these crazy things that go on around him but he's not like having fun with it necessarily he's just kind of doing it but then as soon as the click happens in the footnote section you're just having a laugh about comments on the service station i just really really liked that so i don't know if for your next one you're planning on not doing it because it was too much of a ball leg but i personally really did enjoy them i thought they were a lot of fun Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just 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 to kind of make it clear what the footnote section is. So, like the when the the serialized version of uh, Bollywood, which is on the Ragbag Presents podcast, I've serialized the book in ten parts, and uh, I've got uh, after the theme song finishes, I've got this bonus content. I call it the footnote section, and it's just me talking off the top of my head. But also, kind of reference. The original idea was that I was going to like pull out all the kind of cultural references in the book and expand upon them a little bit. And then, as Mike says, I, I, I just got bored with that idea and then, <laughs> and then just decided to talk about things that interest me. And uh, just so happens that people reviewing service stations on the M25 interest me quite a lot. Um, it's, it actually is quite a, a, a hobby of mine, just re- reading sort of random stuff on the internet. I don't know about you, but it's um, yeah, just random sort of reviews of stuff and uh just the, the the weird things that people say i could make a whole book about that you know <laughs> it would probably I, I imagine there probably is a book already called weird reviews or something like that does... <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah there probably is yeah yeah it's just just a fun little pastime of mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't it... just i i do talk about other things as well but that's one of the things yeah I was going to say, like, I, although I was having a laugh about that, that is only on one of the footnotes. And the first, I think, three or four footnotes, you do really try hard to to give a lot of information, a lot of the references. And there were certain things in there um, that I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were a couple of things you mentioned. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And oh, that's actually a really cool reference. But I think that as you get towards the end of the book, especially, A, with the footnotes, you've just spent ages doing writing the book, then sorting out the audio for the book, and now doing the footnote section for the book. But the last sort of 
three or four episodes i'd say because i've written little vague descriptions of them which i can't show to the camera because it would spoil the whole book um but the last three or so there's not as much in a sense you can say or the last four obviously the finale footnotes you then give a lot more context on certain elements of things because things have now kind of wrapped up and finished but there's just those the second half is just like well a lot of the references have already been made are still happening like that wasn't just a one-off yeah. reference this is actually a key part of the story and i can't really say the same thing as i did so i would say to people if they listen to the serialized version of it that the footnotes are really worth listening to if for the first few episodes you just are like yeah i want to hear more about ragbag then yeah that's a great way and then yeah you get a few episodes where it is about sillier things but you do still bring yourself back um so are you did you like doing the footnotes? Are you planning on doing them uh, again? Because obviously you've released yeah, it's it. It's good fun, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because uh, when I bring out the next uh, one next year, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same thing again. I'll serialize it and I'll, I'll do some kind of uh, random talking bits at the end. It was good. It was good fun. It was just, it was literally just me in an empty room talking uh, to myself, in effect, <laughs> just sort of, you know, uh, you know, making myself laugh and just uh, thinking of different ideas off the top of my head, and it was quite nice. It was just like ha- having a conversation with no one. Uh, sometimes, sometimes that's you don't get interrupted, do you? It's quite nice. <laughs> well, it's funny as well because, like, um, linking in with something you said um, earlier, which I forgot to uh, jump on, was uh, with Richard Branson is in the footnote section you you after you do the bit about Richard uh, Richard Branson in um I believe it's episode 3 and then in the footnotes you talk about you doing the um, Richard Branson stuff you did say one of the things was just Richard Branson not being a man of the people and you know we're not here to talk about politics in, uh, in depth or anything like that but it is quite funny that you make the very good point which is like he comes off trying to say he's a man of the people yet he's one of the only people on the planet who's rich enough to own his own island <laughs> It's like you can't yes. really be more yeah. far removed from the people if you literally could have your own island. <laughs> Which I just found that very entertaining. Yeah, I know. I know it's, it's not the only billionaire to do this, as we know. It's, uh, <laughs> There's more going on now. One of the president of the USA. And, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> one of them bought Twitter because he's trying to be one of the... You know, it's just... Uh, yeah, they've all got that element to them, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's one of the things I've critiqued about certain podcasters as well. Like you know, I've been open. I I used to listen to Joe Rogan quite a lot. He's one of the him and Scrooby's Pip were the two reasons I got into podcasting. As in, started listening and then decided I could make my own. Uh, and then less so with Scrooby's Pip, although it's starting to happen. Is I'm starting to find that if you there's so many celebrity podcasters and they're trying to talk about real life, but you don't have a real life. You are you you are a millionaire probably. You have several houses potentially, and you're talking about acting or doing stand-up comedy, or oh yeah, I went to this really cool show. It's like yeah, but that that was an exclusive, expensive show. You went to this cool, exclusive steakhouse in this state. The steakhouse costs like five hundred dollars to go to. What like, and it becomes this thing. I I did find with Rogan quite a lot that a he was talking about the same five things constantly, and I was just getting bored of it. But also him and all his other comedian friends were all talking about how great it is being a comedian. It's like I'm sat here in traffic to my job that. I would ideally not wanting, you know, if I wasn't getting paid for my job, I wouldn't be doing it. I'm doing it because I have to. You know, I want to spend my time dicking about and doing podcasting and chatting with my mates. I'd love that, but we can't all have that life. And then just going, oh, yeah, it's so great being a comedian. Oh, it's so fucking good, isn't it? Yes. It's like, okay, I'm, I, I don't, don't need to listen to you wank off all your friends just talking about how great your lives are. Thank you. And I found with celebrities, it was starting to become that. And I was just like, can't connect with you on a human level anymore. 
you're talking to people who are all incredibly rich as well you have no even though you talk about real life normal things you know like going to the toilet or keeping a partner happy the, the dynamic is completely different the whole although not saying that famous and rich people don't have problems they obviously do but i think the way you kind of somewhat put it in this book without you know without uh basically without shitting on them you know without shitting on these celebrities you, is that kind of thing where it's like they do have problems and we shouldn't say they don't have any problems but their problems are quite different from us normal person you know that none of them are thinking you know oh no what happens now if i can't go to my job for two weeks it's not am i gonna feed my child it's like oh maybe i'll just maybe i'll just write a book or maybe i'll just start a podcast in covid like every celebrity did i'm not acting much let's start a podcast that immediately becomes more popular than 95 percent of all other podcasts and i talk about nothing and my sponsorship money alone is probably what these other podcasters make at their day jobs in a year so as you can hear i'm quite jaded (laughs) about richard branson and his (laughs) island (laughs) well i mean I, I, i i do think that you know fame and fortune doesn't bring happiness i know that's a cliche but it, it is true i mean you know a, a lot of uh, rich and famous people are miserable and mm. uh, bitter and uh, you know I, I met when i was working at the, at the bbc i met quite a few famous people like and you know, a lot of them are, are really sort of um really unhappy you can just tell from from just talking to them they're, they're unhappy about the way that their career's gone and they're unhappy about the way that they get treated by other celebrities and all all this sort of thing, you know, and it's just, yeah, I, I'm, I, I really am quite glad that I'm not part of that world, to be honest. It, it doesn't seem like, from what, from my limited experience and from the people I've met who are in that world, it doesn't seem like a fun place to be. It, it feels like uh, quite a frustrating and, uh, you know, the, there's there's nice things that go with it. I mean, the money's quite good, um, but it's <laughs> you know, there's it, it's not it's not the case for everybody. I mean, there's there's some very well-adjusted famous people, mm-hmm. and there's there's some uh, famous people who I've met who are really nice. Oh yeah, and you know, it's just they're just people at the end of the day. It's just that you know, people are people. Um, it just reminded me of what you were saying about Joe Rogan because it just sort of um, contrasts nicely with the book that I just read. I just read. Um, Jarvis Cocker's autobiography, hmm. which is called uh, "Good Pop, Bad Pop," and um, I, um, I, I actually didn't read it. I listened to the audiobook, which I highly recommend. It's Jarvis reading it himself, and it's got all these sound effects and stuff in it. And um, it's it's just kind of uh, it's it's the opposite of all the kind of rock biography cliches of uh, these kind of rock stars being uh, self-aggrandizing and kind of mythologizing their own story, and um, just just uh, uh false modesty and this sort of thing just uh, everything in jarvis cocker's book is just brilliant and he, he's such kind of a down-to-earth guy he, he seems that way anyway I've, ne- I've not met him i don't um, don't know that much about him personally but like he just seems like a really kind of down-to-earth and just like a normal person you know i know he, he was like hugely successful in the 90s and uh, you know he must have made a lot of money and done really well off the back of it but yeah he's um that's a book that I recommend. Well, I've made a note of it. I'll put it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, it's it's one of the, I, I also want to clarify. I, I don't want to seem like I'm just attacking people who are richer than me for being rich. That's not in any way. <laughs> uh, there are lots of people I do admire who have a lot more money than me, including some friends of mine. Um, but it, it's also, I just think the way that this 
that, that Brollywood kind of tackles fame and famous people and things. I just think it does it so tastefully and so well. Uh, and I really appreciate that. And, and as you say, like with fame, I remember when I was a teenager uh, in college and me and my friend Reese, who was on the first episode of the podcast and the hundredth episode and one or two others, um, me and him did a YouTube show for a while. I mean, like, oh, what would happen if we got famous? Wouldn't that be cool? And it was around the time where all these YouTubers are starting to really make it. Um, and we had an idea for a Minecraft podcast, a Minecraft YouTube channel before most people were actually doing it. And then we ended up not doing it. And then we're like, ah, if we'd have done that, we might have got on the train um, to fame and fortune. But I've thought that if I had done that when I was 16 to 18, I would be such a dick. Like, I think about how I was then and how I am now. And I'm like, even now I do things that are obviously very dickish. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't really be doing that. Um, but. I never do anything that I, I have like a seriously massive either regret or like thinking, what have I done? I've, I, I like to think I've got a fairly grounded perspective in my life, even if I do say the odd stupid thing in an argument or something. But I'm like, I wouldn't have been grounded. I wouldn't have been knocked down in the right ways if I had of kind of got what I want at that age. And it's kind of that thing, isn't it, where I've thought of it in my in my life a lot of, oh, wouldn't it be great to be famous? Wouldn't it be amazing if the podcast blew up and I became like Rogan famous? And I'm like, actually, that would suck quite hard, I think. I wouldn't want that level. I think for me, I just kind of want enough. I'd want enough money from the podcast where I could just do it as my living. I think that's a nice, even thing. And I, I think if I could choose that almost over being Rogan famous, I probably now would. I think maybe even when I started podcasting five years ago, I probably wouldn't. But I just think that there is a... A level of growth that one gets from having to do stuff you don't want to do so that you can enjoy the finer things, but also keeping yourself grounded. So I want to rem remind you of that, Frank, when uh, the fifth book comes out and then you're actually real friends with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, because I want you to remember. <laughs> um, is there any sort of... Um, I'm looking at my notes and things, and there's lots of funny things I can mention. Like, I really appreciate your Scottish accent, but I like that your comment there saying <laughs> that it's a good Scottish accent as long as no Scottish people are around. Uh, yeah, I that was a quite clever. Generic Scottish accent, um, and I apologise to the Scots for doing it, but I was pretending to be Marty Pello at the time. So, <laughs> what what can I say? It but was in the book. I had to do it. It's funny though because it's you. It's a fictional version of you trying to play a fictional version of someone who is um, it says you can't attack on the book he's not a celebrity it's not necessarily a household name but then when you say wet 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 then a, a larger amount of people know and then when you say they're kind of main singles people are like oh that band so it's it's quite it's a clever niche but because you reference about your own accent in it i think it works really well as a person who's not scottish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I used to, the, the, where the, where that came from was that I I used to have a friend who used to always go on about the fact that he he thought that I looked like Marty Pello. Mm. Uh, I he's the only person who's ever said it, but he used to say it every time he met me, and um, <laughs> so it kind of got into my head that you know it was like you know, just like Marty Pello, you know, you do. Um, so <laughs> so that that that's why I chose that particular character. Yeah. And also there's, um, we'll start to wrap up here, but I know I keep bringing up urban myths, but because I keep looking at my notes and think about how many brilliant things you've got, and I won't specifically say what these are, but like the hula hoop principle, brilliant idea. The man who lives in Buckingham Palace, that's a cool, interesting idea that could in theory happen. And there's all these threads of things that I know you said in our last conversation, um, that you don't put things in stories unless they are 
unless there's a reason for it you don't just put random details just to you know confuse the reader or kind of uh make people think it's going one way and go the other way you know subvert expectations but i just really like that whenever i read this i feel the hulu principle is a very clever theory did you did you come up with that was that another is that an actual real thing no no that that was my idea that i had and i put it in the book because i thought it was quite cool yeah it is really good and i would say to people if you want to hear what that is and it's very clever it's only in episode one so you get it's a good taster for what's to come in Brollywood. if you listen to the serialized version of it obviously you can buy the book as well which i would recommend um i keep talking about the audiobook so i'm doing terrible for your book sales <laughs> good, oh, well, for your, that's, that's fine. <laughs> good for your you can consume the story in whatever way you like and I just love hearing your voice. And I i mean, I will be honest, it's Uncle Claude, whenever he gets mentioned. <laughs> I just, oh, Uncle Claude, yeah, he's a very good character. As a matter of fact, I've, uh, I, I think I've brought this up multiple times, but I've actually done it now. I've um, And it's coming out next year. I have uh, fully recorded a, a six-part podcast series called Frank and Claude are following you. Oh, and my God. It's a uh, it's a situation comedy. It's a kind of a, a a fake documentary, basically about Frank and Claude um, driving around in the van together, <laughs> and uh, the adventures that they have. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's really great. I'm really looking forward to to getting it out. I'm still editing the thing because it's uh, the, the, the thing with me and Claude. Obviously, it's me doing both of the voices, and I'm trying to make it sound like a real documentary. And so, I'm trying to make all these conversations sound like real conversations, and uh, I'm putting all these sound effects in to make it sound like we're in these kind of different situations, driving around in the van, and, and ended up in all these different places. And yeah, it's, it actually, uh, I'm actually quite pleased with it. it. Actually, sounds quite good, and um, it's yeah, I I look forward to. Um, inflicting that upon people such as yourself i'm, I'm gonna listen to it and i'm gonna do a podcast <laughs> with you about it just so i can talk to you about how much i love uncle claude anytime i hear his voice just it kills me um but is there anything else uh you wanted to mention uh regarding brollywood or any sort of elements of this book that i have not yet tackled or asked you about well yeah there's um there's a kind of a marketing campaign that i'm working on at the moment mm. and it's called the the brollywood world tour Okay. What I'm doing is I'm uh, sending books out to various different contacts throughout the world in uh, in as many different countries as I, can, as I can get, and I'm getting people to take a picture of the book uh, in like a unique setting, like just to show that where the book is. So I've got uh, I've got friends in uh, kind of North America, friends in Europe, and uh, contacts in Asia and stuff like that, and I'm aiming to get this um yeah so if anybody's listening who wants to take part in who happens to be in a country that is not the uk because i've got the uk covered because i live here yeah. um <laughs> if you want Sorry, to be part man. of the Brollywood world tour then uh yeah let me know because i will send you a copy of the book out and you can take a picture of it uh in whichever country you happen to be in and i'm trying to get in trying to get it into as many countries as i can i've got it in 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 uh, there's a few kind of uh, bookshops who've agreed to have it and take a picture of it in their bookshops and stuff like that i've got a bookshop in mexico oh, who, wow. um, and a, a couple of bookshops in italy and czech republic and all these different places so i'm I'm gonna have a whole sort of gallery on my website and, and call it the um the brollywood world tour i'm gonna put it on social media as well but um that is amazing uh, 
the, oh, the, the aim of it is to have is like a permanent fixture on my website is have this page of all these the, pictures of Bollywood in all these different countries and it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's a fun project this one yeah that's clever uh, I, I hope it comes off I'm relying on the I'm relying on two things. I'm relying on the goodwill of the people who I've been in touch with and I'm relying on the postal service. <laughs> and um, so, you know, these two things, you know, can 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 they be trusted? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Find out next time. <laughs> That's amazing. If, if all goes well, I'm going to release, I'm going to be posting them on social media throughout the month of December, like okay. an advent calendar style thing. Oh, so ho- hopefully I'll have the, I'll have enough material to start doing this from the 1st of December onwards. If I haven't, then I'll leave it until next year. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We have to let me know um, because although I do follow you on the social media places and I will ask you to plug your social media handles in a moment and I'll include links in the description. Um, but if you let me know, because obviously I, I, I do not get notifications because I've turned them off for every single person I know posting on social media or my phone would be a block. Um, but if you do end up doing that, let me know. I'd like to, uh, A, look at them and also share a few of them because that's a really, really cool idea. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. Thank you. Awesome. Well then, uh, so obviously I highly recommend everyone checks out Brollywood as well as Everything I Am and Getting Away With It. And for some reason, I don't know why it keeps coming up, but The 100. We haven't spoken about that book in years, but... Well, yeah, you know, it's a good book. Yeah, it's yes. good one definitely recommend it to anyone to listen to it's it's you can with all of the prior books obviously this was released serialized on ragbag presents but the other books you can find them on Bandcamp, and they name your own price as well uh, if anyone is a bit skint but obviously you can uh pay for a physical copy i think of all of them yeah 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 they're all they're all available as, as real books yeah yeah I knew the I knew the ragbag ones well, but I was like a hundred. I was like, I'm pretty sure it is, or I didn't want to say is, yeah. yeah the hundred. Then you go yeah, I ran out. It's like okay, no, but that's good. Um, so physical copies you can get. You can listen to the um, audio versions of them as well, either on Bandcamp or on um, ra- the Ragbag Presents feed. I'll include links uh, to the various ones there as well in the description. Um, obviously, I listen to audio because I love hearing Frank uh, do the various voices and hearing you know the author of your own works put the right inflections on certain parts. And because you are an audio, uh, I was going to say audio file, but that's someone who listens to a lot of audio things. But you're a person on the audio frontier of releasing lots of great audio oh, content. I like that. So, yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like. Speaking of, I like the sound. I have a podcast called I Like the Sound. Um, listen to that as well. Yeah, and if you need an excuse to hear even more of my voice, I've appeared on two of the episodes, haven't I? Is it? Oh, in... no, uh, more than that, I think, yeah. Because I remember Series 1. Oh, yeah, there was two in Series 1, and then it was the first one of Series 2, I believe. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I lose yeah. track. I lose track. Of well, I did as well, because you messaged me, and you're oh, yeah, this one's come out. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I remember recording a batch of them, and then I remember a couple of them weren't specifically used, but I was like, I couldn't remember if they were on the cutting room floor or what. I took no offense. And they are like, oh, no, it's... It's coming out in a future one. It's like, okay. And then I occasionally do collaborations and then I don't hear anything for m- months and someone's like, oh, by the way, that episode you re-recorded a year ago, it's coming out now. So, like, oh yes, <laughs> I've forgotten completely about that. So I'll make sure I include a link to that as well. Uh, and then it is on uh, Twitter. It's at Ragbag Presents. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. And uh, it's also, that's the handle on Instagram as well. It's the same one absolutely perfect no worries is there anything else you want to tell the lovely listeners oh and obviously uh, not on top with um david eva um either of herman dune 
as well, which link to that will be in the description. Lots of links, uh, because Frank is a busy person and has a lot of stuff. He podcasts more than I do and writes books and also records essentially an audio drama as well and just has friendships with uh, front end of bands as well. So <laughs> busy guy, busy guy. Uh, yeah, but is there yeah. anything else you wish to tell the lovely audience uh, before we end this call? Uh, no, I think I've plugged everything. I haven't said what my website is because I'm kind of adding more things to that. It's frankburton.co.uk. So um, I'm, I'm trying to make that uh, the best website in the world. So I'm just adding lo- loads and loads of different things. And actually, one of the things that I've added on there, it, this, this is quite a good thing to mention, is that um, it, as an introduction to the Ragbag series, I've written a, a page on there. It's called Ragbag Explained. Mm. And it's tells you exactly what ragbag is because it, it's quite a complicated thing to explain it started as a podcast it became a series of novels and it's also kind of these offshoot things like the frank and Claude are following you show and all these different like threads that are part of the same uh, kind of universe so ragbag if, if you're wondering <laughs> if you've been listening to this conversation and, and you still haven't figured out what ragbag is there's, there's a page on my website that explains it all yeah. Brilliant. And there's also the bonus show, which is uh, Ragbag Rambler as well, which you can only find oh, yeah, on the website. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's fun. Yeah, that's the video series. Yeah, check that out. That's nice. I don't know if you have time for it. And you've got a family as well and kids and everything. It's just like, pff, you are an incredible individual, a very passionate, oh. very driven. And I love li- listening to your wide variety uh, of audio content. That's why I love having you on the show and chatting with you. Oh, and thank I've, you. Well, you know, it's, always, it's always nice to come on. Well, yeah. thank you. And it's always good to see you in person because we've done it twice now. So I'm sure we'll do it another time. I'm sure I'll be able to I'll go up to Manchester at some point as well and just say hi and have a coffee again because that was lovely. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show, Frank. As I said, it's always delightful chatting with you. It's always so fun having an excuse to listen to your audio books and things or your, your books on audio. Um, and I really look forward to next year where... So you're going to be doing the Claude and Frank that's like a mini series thing, but you're also going to be releasing the fourth um, version of the Ragbag book. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be doing both of those things in what? 2023, all being well. <laughs> all right then. Well, we'll I, either we'll chat again in 2023, and I'll, we'll do both of those, or maybe we'll do two podcasts next year, one for each one, because we'll have to. Oh, well, well. we'll see when they come out. Because it's just if you release them very in short succession, I'll probably do one podcast. But if you if you almost have half one in the first half of the year, one in the second half of the year, I could probably probably do that so i'd love to i'd love to chat with you about those things and i'll listen to herman Jume a bit more and uh, have some thoughts on them because i'd not cool. listened to them before awesome awesome well yeah just thanks again frank it's always a uh, great fun i know my listeners always uh, like talking to you one or two of my uh, patron supporters uh, i was talking to them about something and um, one of them messaged me he was like oh i heard you doing another podcast of frank i always like your conversation with him so it's the audience likes uh, you too nice oh yeah shout out to that guy (laughs) thanks tony (laughs) (laughs) and that's the end of the podcast thank you so much for tuning in as always my friends make sure you give frank burton lots of love on twitter at his handle at ragbag presents and also check out my variety of appearances on either the ragbag podcast or on the i like the sound podcast links are in the description and also make sure you check out frank's other appearances on genuine chit chat details are in the description about that as well but what have we got coming up in the realm of genuine chit chat for the end of 2022 well next week is going to be and quite a long conversation with ratha corral um it could have 
in theory been split into two parts but uh i've got other stuff planned which i'm about to tell you about so we've got the rather Rao conversation next week obviously she came on the show about 10 episodes ago actually uh, to talk about buddhism and when she returned we spoke about traveling and some of her time in india uh, to see her family and things and then we also spoke about a couple of more deep questions about buddhism and that sort of idea so kind of a travel one kind of a spiritual one and then the week after that is going to be a christmas special so it's going to be disney discussions so any listeners of this show or uh, followers of comics emotion or spider dan the secret boars will be aware that myself megan ria carrigan and spider dan have been doing disney discussions every couple of months where we just talk about disney movies but it's a different theme each episode we've done the weird and wonderful side of disney which is stuff that isn't even on disney plus we've done sequels that no one asked for we've done our favorite disney movies we've done our favorite disney pixar movies and now it's on to disney christmas and it's quite a mixed bag uh, it's quite an exciting one to do i'm not usually much of a fan of christmas movies but it's been quite fun to watch these four i mean two of them i've seen numerous times well uh, three of them i've seen numerous times there's one that's a little bit different uh, so if you want a little preview of what's to come then it's nightmare before christmas the santa claus 2 muppet christmas carol and Ernest saves christmas uh, that last one is the one that i hadn't even heard of before so get watching of those and then in a couple of weeks time you'll get to hear the four of us talking about those things and then it will be on the christmas break for genuine chit chat but fear not you will still get some episodes released but there'll probably be things taken from my patreon just so you have something to listen to and to try and entice more of you to come over to patreon recently had brett scott join which i love he's probably not listening to this because as he's a patreon supporter he got to listen to part one and part two of this conversation when part one dropped in one go on the patreon feed but if he is listening thank you brett i appreciate you and he's adding to the family of patreon the more people who just want to hear myself and megan bicker and natter i don't think anyone really cares about reviews and things i think they just want to hear me and megan arguing about stuff which it's a lot of fun it's all it's all love it's not like actual true arguing it's it's bickering at the worst but uh if you want to hear like a little taster of what that's like there is a link in the description bits.ly slash tom hanks one and you can listen to the first of our big tom hanks watch completely for free but that kind of covers what I've got planned for the rest of this year. Uh, I've already got plans to speak with Goff of Beanuts Productions next year. Uh, I think myself, Rhea, and a couple of other individuals are going to be speaking about um, pregnancy, uh, which is a weird one. Obviously, I don't know much about pregnancy, um, but we're going to talk to people about their experiences and kind of what a lot of people aren't taught about it, those sorts of things, kind of maybe even misconceptions, but that's going to be a part of next year. And then I've also got a few other people planning to come on next year as well. All stuff in the pipeline. But my friends, that's pretty much it aside from saying, you know, check out my stuff. Star Wars show follow me on social media at genuine chit chat on instagram twitter and on facebook and always just check out the show notes i put loads of information in there i often get quite a lot of uh, compliments on there so thank you for anyone who appreciates my show notes but yeah i do take quite a while sorting those out so pretty much anything you need to know should be there but yeah check that stuff out subscribe to me on youtube for video versions of conversations and that's going to be it for me so i will speak to yourself next week with my long-ish conversation with rathika rao and then after that the disney discussion christmas special so i hope you're having a wonderful start to the holiday season and i'll speak to you all very soon you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton